I am unashamed. What about you? All right, welcome to Unashamed. We're back. We're back in the lair. Feels like we're just, <laughs> we just barely got here, Jason. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> I mean, the last podcast I did, I left and went straight to the airport. Which I'm doing today, by the way. So it's just like the cycle continues. I come rolling in yesterday on few. Yeah, we're we're 800 miles apart, Al. I know right it now, but but tonight we will dine together. We'll dine together, and Lord willing, uh, tomorrow when we do a couple of the next couple of podcasts, I'll be with you, Zach, zooming into here. Yeah. With y'all here, it's just y'all gonna be like sitting beside each other. Yeah, we'll be right there together in Zach's yeah. Zach's uh, library layer. Couches that are yeah. yeah that are in front of me, which will also serve as a place for out of sleep. Yeah, so tonight, so Zach, so. the difference in Zach's studio is he's got a nice. It's kind of like this one. It's a nice little apartment, but but he's actually got sleeping quarters, and so I'm actually gonna be staying in in studio. Maybe I could do some time lapse photography of you know sleeping and. Nah, well, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so look, it's not, but it's not. It's a, it's a Monday, so we got a lot to, of travels. I'm sure to talk about, but I I, I have to mention it because I know Dad would be so hurt if we didn't mention that today is his birthday. Which it um, is. I know when you yeah. woke up this morning, Dad, you were just well. It it, it hurts more when you find out it is your. <laughs> 77th birthday. Well, happy birthday. But you did get a year back recently, right? Yeah, because a few podcasts ago, he thought he was going to be 78, but you're only He picked up a year. Yeah, give or take a few, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So y'all got big plans? Y'all going to have a big party? No, no, no. (laughs) No, no, this is not your normal Robertson (laughs) birthday. I said, you know, get off the birthday because it. You got we got so many. Uh, the family has grown so large. Every week, as somebody that that's what that's the month they were born. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. My and neighbor. I mean, they celebrate of... them with. I mean, oh yeah, it's, it's a cake a week around my neighborhood. Oh. I figured y'all were having a big blowout down here. Yeah, Cattle, well, so I had one recently. Cattle he and women. Set, set. No, you're way off. Size is three days from now. He just had it. No, he just had the party early. They called that intervening Uh, because I said, I'm taking a trip. So if y'all want to help me celebrate my birthday, do it a week early. It was a hint, hint. <laughs> so Phil's like, don't tell me happy birthday. Size on the opposite. He's oh, like, size all about the big party. Where's the party? What are we eating? And what are we doing? <laughs> Did you go to size party? Al, I, I, I've been in parts unknown. Oh, no, so I was been, invited, but I was uh, well, me too. But I was, I was out of town. No, so. I've been gone a week. Yeah, I know they had crawfish, and he had some of his poker buddies there. And, and look, I thought yesterday that I was not going to be here. Because when I we we got delayed, just to show you how the weather changes, we got delayed because the there was frost on the airplane, so they had to spray it off. I mean, it's cold where I was. It's like, well, we're not going to make it. And so when we landed in Dallas, Jeff was like, "Well, do we run or you know?" We were like, as we're Deplaning, we're getting a strategy because it's like 15 minutes before the next one takes off. Oh boy! I was like, I'm not running. I, I'm I'm done with running. Yeah. Because the one time I did run, they were closing the door, and then they're like, Nope, door's closed. 
and they they wouldn't open it back up. So I'm like, no, never again. <laughs> and so uh, Jeff said, "We're I'm running." We had our producer there. She's like, "I'm running." And so me and Murray, we were like, we we're walking. So we were looking up on where the gate was. So we pulled in at like B29. Well, the gate for the next departure to Monroe was B28. I looked over there and people are going through the line. We just walked 50 <laughs> yards and got on the next plane. <laughs> that's a that's Got on the plane and 10 minutes later we were in the air. Yeah. I said, I've never had that happen before. That was pretty And fortunate. it was in a moment where it had to happen for me to be here. So that was I'm, to get home. That was to get home. Wow. So I'm happy, Al. You are. So, uh, Dad, just so you know, um, Alex found this yesterday. We were talking about your birthday. So the minimum hourly wage the year you were born, 1946, was 40 cents an hour. Whoa. That was minimum wage back in the day. I do. I remember working in the oil field. The Robertson's, Robertson Mails, and our close-knit family then, that they all, we broke out working as men when we were 16. Yeah. 16 means- Time to bring get, some bucks. Get ready to hit the road and, you know, working in the oil field. And to, to your point about the price, $1.86 an hour. Oh, so you were doing quite well then compared to- Roughnecking in the well, oil that was a little field. later than 46. I yeah. thought it was good money. That would have been the dollar eighty six an hour. Late fifties, early sixties. Wow! I thought, man, I, I've hit home run here. Of course, at that age, you're sixteen, but that goes into. I just handed it to yep. my dad. Yep. Now he was the driller over the crew. Mm -hmm. The crew was three people in it: Derek, man, a couple of floor hands, and Dad ran the rig. So he was getting about two bucks, a little over two dollars an hour. I mean, the ramrod, just think about that. Well, salary, the average annual income back then was $2,600 a year. A house cost five grand, you know, for, a, I guess, a new construction home. A new car was a thousand bucks. Yep. See, this was, all this was happening with me if you go back to 46 when I was born. Right. It's, it goes into, into the 50s. Yep. It cost 55 cents to go to the movie. And the gas was 21 cents a gallon. Yep. In 46. I remember it well. It was 420 bucks a year to go to Harvard, Zach, in this time. But here was an interesting one. So a computer, which they had made some comparisons to this list of 2006, a computer, which was about 300 bucks, um, you know, a few years ago, in 1946, a the only computer that was around cost four hundred eighty-six thousand eight hundred and four dollars. Yeah, because <laughs> the price of computers have come down. That's good. I, guess I was saying, kind of I was saying, computer. amen to that then and now also. Yeah, you went, but there was a computer. There was some kind of supercomputer around. Right there. after World War II, and it had a lot to do with it. Right after the war ended in forty-five. Mm -hmm. The, the the most peaceful time we've had in it was a long time. Oh, yeah. It came about after World War II. Well, that's the baby boomer. That was the idea that came along there because it was a great time. I was one of them. You were one of them. You know, my mama was carrying me in her womb in California 
dad was working at a, a big naval station. Shipyard, wasn't it? Yeah. Shipyard. Yep. The, so I, I've always said that my mother carried me. I was, I was, I came on the premises in California. Yeah. And it, and it marked me for life. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Granny told me that she was in California for the war effort. She was out there working in a riveting on airplanes. She worked mm-hmm. on airplanes. So I mean, yeah. like that was back in the day where everybody was in on the effort. You know, that is correct. Everybody did, everybody did their part. Yeah, which is pretty well, incredible. I just got a text. This is live. This is live. Oh, breaking news! Breaking news. So Phil, I hate to spoil your birthday, but there's a whole ribeye. We'll be ready after this podcast for Phil's birthday. So happy oh, birthday. Man. Boy, you're you celebrating. Your oh, Ribba. Oh, that's what I looked out there and I saw someone out there rummaging around. And I, I now that's it was Stone. That was him. <laughs> so I like the fact you didn't check it out. You just laughed and thought, huh? Oh, I went out there and see what, what was going on. And he, he that's was, a big deal. He's getting ready that's to, to smoke the meat. And he had a big, whole, beautiful-looking ribeye out at his house. That would be fine to have a birthday like now that. That's a, your kind of birthday, well, right? See, oh, I'm in on that. I'll I'll be following you down there. Yeah, unfortunately, I'll be getting on an airplane, pulling the same move you did last We'll time. let you know how it goes, Al. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss out on that. So tell us a little bit about your travels, what you can tell us, because I know you're filming. Uh, well, you know, we've been reading Luke, and uh, my, my prep time was in airports, airplanes so which wasn't a lot but i went to missouri then we went to kansas so we filmed a couple of episodes just the the actual treasure hunting part and so they asked me you know not to tell them about anything y'all meaning you the <laughs> listeners but there was a couple of things that happened now one this wasn't filmed but i i had landed in st louis at some part in all this during the transition and I had to get a rental car because I was by myself. I guess that was after the podcast. So, cause everybody else had filmed without me. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm not sure what they'll do. Jace is busy. I guess was day one. <laughs> I wasn't there and they yeah. filmed, but I saw something I thought was incredible. So there's eight lanes, four going one way, four going another. I'd never been to St. Louis. Have you ever been? Mm-hmm. A few times. Okay. Well, something catches the corner of my eye, and it looked like something supernatural. But there was a deer that said, I'm going for it. <laughs> Across not, eight not one road, eight. <laughs> and and the deer was, was jumping at supernatural-looking levels. Yeah. I mean, it, it's wall-to-wall cars. And I'm like, how is this happening? <laughs> how is that? Because you just see him jump. Because I'm looking way off, you know. And about 10 cars ahead of me, because I would just see him go up, and it was kind of hilly. I mean, it wasn't like I was on hills, but I would lose the deer, and I'd see the deer. I was It was just riveting action. How it was in a 100-car pileup, <laughs> I'll never know. But then it jumped one time, and then I never saw him come up. And oh. I was like... And it looked like a NASCAR race in front of... It's like once the wreck happened, it was everybody for themselves in every conceivable <laughs> direction. Yeah, then and I never saw the deer. 
I mean, it's like I know he, I know he got hit. Yeah. But it just, you were just, <laughs> and I look back and I was like, what "Oh just my goodness, <laughs> that just happened." <laughs> and so we, I went about a mile down the road, and now everybody's zooming over, zooming over. I look, there's another one, dead in the road, and I'm like. What is going on? It was one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. And I thought, there's a mix of cultures here, you know, yeah. in the outdoors. But these deer, I mean, it was just an incredible, it made me reflect on, you know, there's just some things not worth it. Yeah. Choose a new trail. <laughs> <laughs> the poor deer. <laughs> that was one. That, that had nothing to do with anything I want to talk about. I just couldn't believe it. It was like, we're so civilized people, you know, and a deer... It was just crazy. We I, see a ton of them here hit on I twenty, but you would true. expect that I mean, because it just, we're, we're this pretty was rural. Just I would I would beg to differ with you that the culture is civilized. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe that. Oh, we're not true. civilized at all. Yeah. Maybe that. I meant uh, that whole story. You know. That's the one. Thing that, we just got through talking about what was going on in the mid forties and fifties. Well, I was talking. We about were civilized. The then. industrial revolution. I guess, instead of the <laughs> spiritual side of things. So uh, I thought it was funny that Dad keyed in on that one word. So, Zach, we uh, we get a lot of, uh, we call them on, onboarding calls uh, with uh, a lot of our sponsors, and so we have conversations with them, tell us about our, their product and, you know, if there's a fit for our podcast. And so when the guys uh, called us and we had a conversation at Barrel Buddy, we were super impressed uh, with those guys from the moment we met them. Uh, wouldn't you say that's true? Oh, cla- class act. Yeah, those guys are a lot of similarities. One, they love Jesus. Two, uh, they were out in the field and invented a product to make the hunting experience better. Yep. Just like our family. Yeah. So it, we had an instant Small bond. business, uh, loves God. We started off with a prayer. You know, just there was a link, you know, which we love that on the podcast. We get to meet guys like this. And so the guys at Barrel Buddy, uh, have come up with a new way to be able to clean your barrel. And Jace, you can speak to the importance of having a clean barrel, can you not? When you're must ready? have a clean barrel, got to have it. So uh, you know, in the old days, they had the patches, the boar snake, a lot of issues why that doesn't work too well. These residue, uh, you can't tell whether your gun is really uh, your gun barrel is really clean or not. And so these guys, uh, this particular product um, is safe to use with commercial solvents and oils. You can use it. Uh, dry as well. Uh, during or after shooting, uh, when you don't have time for cleaning, thorough cleaning, you can get this done very quickly. Uh, it's American made, uh, which we love as well. So we want you to check these guys out. Great business. Uh, cleaning guns for responsible gun owners is what they're all about. So we guarantee you'll love them. Barrelbuddy.com. B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy. Barrelbuddy.com. Check them out. So introducing our text with, and I want to tell another story that, that happened. So, you know, I, I was, you, you usually only hear Luke two and you only hear that during Christmas. I mean, the end of Luke one and Luke two, right? Yeah. Birth of Jesus. It's a very, very well, um, traversed Christmas text, no doubt about it. And so. Really, really, it's Luke 2, not even chapter 1 much. Right. That's why we spent a couple podcasts just on Luke 1, 1 through 4, 
Because when you think about where this started, and Zach, you weren't with us, but to bring you up to speed, it'd be interested to hear your take on this before I tell my story. Um, you know, Luke seems to be, didn't seem, he, he really made this this thought of like, I didn't just dream this up. This wasn't just willy-nilly fantasy book of fiction. I mean, he started off saying, look, many have undertaken trying to draw up an account of the things that were fulfilled. And it was based on eyewitnesses. And then he's like, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. And so I could write this account so that you could be certain. Because you think, why is he starting off like that? Because I think we're so familiar with this story, especially in Christmas, that you forget how powerful it is and how supernatural this is. I mean, this is just not some story. We're talking about, this is like a supernatural soap opera. Look, the first, I, just the first chapter. Yeah. When I asked the college professor, his brother, when I asked he, his job was a college professor, now he's retired, and I asked him to come up with every kind of uh, power, the rise and fall of all the powers. I said, go back as far as you can go and find the first power. He, it was somewhere, you know, I don't forget where, but. All these powers leading into who is now the most powerful, uh, America, Russia, China, India, these, these are powers that have been around. But, but if you look at them, May old say Tung was running around in 1970. I mean, the Chinese were nothing. I mean, we, we built China in 50 years. Right. And now, now it's a powerhouse of the world. Now they're about to overtake us. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things you read in Luke, he says he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. And look at this. The, the very thing I sent the college professor to look at, the, the empires that have risen and fallen, he has brought God Almighty. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. Yeah, well, this that was so, Mary's. So I would wonder. Hold on, Phil. We're losing your mind. Why these empires rise and fall? Read books like Luke. Bring well, that was Mary. That was Mary. <laughs> that was Mary's song. She. So how's this teenage girl? Teenage girl. That's my point. <laughs> well, well, to your point, Jace. When when I read this. I, I had the same thought. It's it's uh, it's it's way more than a story, you know. It's it's not a. Yeah, I watched the interview with Ben Shapiro and one of my favorite apologists. Probably no, not one of my favorite apologists. This guy named William Lane Craig, absolutely, dude's like brilliant. And um, so he interviewed William Lane Craig on his podcast recently, and somebody sent it to me because they knew I, I I've read everything William Lane Craig's ever written, and. Um, they got into the whole thing. They got into a lot of apologetics. Some of the stuff we got into earlier on how how do we know God exists, and and, and he went through the arguments. But then when they got to the person of Jesus, it was interesting. That was such an interesting conversation. And yeah, Ben's really open to have those kind of dialogues on the show, which I really appreciate. I mean, he he doesn't have like 
softball interviews. He brings in people that were really challenged his worldview. And so he, he asked uh, Dr. Craig, you know, about, but how do you, why Jesus, you know, what, what, and, and Craig was awesome. I mean, you, you guys got to check that podcast out if you get a chance, but he basically said that the whole thing stands and falls with the person of Jesus. And, and Shapiro was like, yeah, well, one of the reasons why we don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah was because he did not fulfill the nature of these Old Testament prophecies. You know, the, if you, it, it, the Jewish people realized that these were these were political prophecies. I'm paraphrasing here, but these were political prophecies about a political kingdom. And and they and so Jesus didn't come to do that. And, and Craig's response was like, yeah, exactly. You know, that's the same thing that they missed beforehand. And I think that it, it hits what Jace is saying here. It's, it's more than a story. It's more than a political kingdom. It's more than, than I mean, read the book of Hebrews. It's more than Moses. It's more than the tabernacle. It's more than the temple. It's more than all these things, these Old Testament prophecies and these this old way that they're just, those were like precursors. So when we get into the text today, I, all my notes are kind of centered around that same idea, Jace. I know I yeah. wasn't here for the first four verses, but, I, but what no, you said resonated with me. The context of it really hit me. And uh, I read this like I'd never read it before because I just thought, you know, when I was a kid, you know, our grandma and grandpa, you know, every day after lunch, they would watch, uh, what was the soap opera? As the World Turns. Days of the World Turns. Yeah, As the World Turns. Days of Our Lives. (laughs) And (laughs) all my children. It was the only time that we had to be completely quiet. And they were on the edge of that couch every day, just riveted. And it was always just seemed so just fake to me. I thought, why are they, this is not real. But it was just, you know, the music, boom, I'm not your husband. <laughs> or, you know, I'm not, it, it, it was just, boom. I thought, why are they watching this? Crud? It just seemed, but when I put that in this, you know, he, he starts off talking about, we investigated, we're eyewitnesses. And it starts off. Well, here's a priest and his wife who are who are old, and we re- we did read this. They're well along in years, and the Lord heard their prayers. And I just put it in soap opera fashion. It's like here he is in the temple, and he has this he has this encounter with an angel. I mean, that's that's pretty riveting. If you could capture that and yep. watch this story. And it's like your prayer has been answered. So this miracle is going to happen. But he doesn't believe it because he's like, he's basically doing an anatomy check and realizing how old he is and saying, oh, we're going to have a son? Right. I don't believe you. <laughs> well, which, which, Jace, let's think about this uh, before you move forward on this, because this is a thought that popped in my mind when I read it. Number one where did it, the place that he went to receive this revelation was the temple. So he goes into the temple to meet with God and to burn the incense. And then God speaks to him through the angel Gabriel in the temple. And, and he tells him, you're going to have a kid. And then his response was this age thing, which, you know, the first story that popped in my head from the old Testament Abraham. was Abraham. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, 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 there's so much here. Of uh, that's that's reminiscent of Abraham's story, and so like say you if you didn't know anything about Jesus coming on the scene, and you're just in this moment and you're and you're thinking about this. I mean, to me, this is almost like 
he's a, I mean, this, this one that's coming, I mean, this is the, this may be the moment, you know, he's in the right place, which is the temple to receive this communication from God. I mean, God himself shows up, you know, he, when he sees Gabriel and the, I guess the representation of God, he, he was so fearful. That, and I thought about when I read that part, I thought about John, the Alpatmos. I thought about um, Saul on the road to Damascus. Like you're, you're starting to have an encounter here with something much bigger and more powerful than yourself. And he receives this revelation. It's like, you're going to have a kid. And I was just thinking, man, like if, if I was in this moment, the story would have been, oh, this is, this is the one, this is the one that, that was talked about with Abraham because of the similarities. And, um, and then the very next part of that is, is when he gets to Mary and the way that he talked to Mary was completely different because he went, he went, he didn't do it in the temple. He did it in, and, uh, uh, he went to Nazarene, which, um, John one says, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Nothing good comes out of Na- Nazareth. And that's, and that's the place. That's the actual place where he went to, do, to, to bring the Messiah forth and I was just thinking about her response was she was also very reluctant because what did she say? Well, true. But before we get to her, because there, you know, if you looked at this, I mean, if you titled this, maybe the old man and the teenager, because they have a similar instance. And and the drama in Zechariah's case was in verse 12. You know, when Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and gripped with fear. This kind of goes on with my soap opera theme. You know, all of a sudden he's just because <gasps> there's an angel. And that, so they have. But you a, know, if it's the true soap opera, when that happens, then we go to commercial. Exactly. <laughs> so, and the reason I'm saying this because a lot of people who will watch modern day soap operas is called TV and enjoy it, but they'll go to the Bible here and they'll say, "Oh, it's just you know somebody they made this up." But the more you look at the details, it, it makes way more sense than anything the Hollywood mind can conceive is my point. So we do uh, a lot of travel, Jase. You're doing a lot more these days. <laughs> Spend yeah. a little time on some planes, trains, and automobiles, Zach, as well. Uh, one of the, I think, the probably the, the best things about air travel, especially for me, is being able to kind of get lost in my music and kind of get into my own world, oh, you know? you had me going there. I thought, what, is there something good about it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's the only thing good I can figure is somehow to no. kind of retreat from you the have, moment when you say, oh, you have to be listening to something because when the, the stewardess comes on, they're always too loud. Oh, way loud. And it drown. And I got it. Yeah. I got everything I need to know. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Or, or you got the, or you got the situation that I had recently this past week and I'm sitting there and I can't complain cause I have five kids, but the one behind me was not mine. And it was, Oh, you know what? I was like, you know what you oh, need then in that moment, Zach, you need your Raycon earbuds. Uh, yes. which they're a sponsor of our podcast and we love these guys. And one another thing that's great about Raycon is they're a lot cheaper than a lot of the other products out there. And yet you're not losing any quality. You don't have to pay an arm and a leg for them. Um, they understand this economy, and so they're offering some great deals. Uh, they offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as eighteen dollars at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. 
They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They also offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping as well. They've got over 50,000 five-star reviews. Uh, We love these guys. Fit well into your ear. Uh, My daughter's a runner. She runs in hers. She tells me there's no issues. I quit running, Jace, a long time ago. But this is a great product. Water, sweat resistant. Eight hours of playtime. So check them out. Go to buyraycon, B-U-Y, Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N, slash unashamed to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash unashamed to score 15% off. Check them out. So in verse 18, when Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Which is a I, different question, too, than Mary asked, but we'll get to exactly, that. Exactly, but he said, I'm, an, I'm old, but, but the angel pretty much tells you his heart, because when the angel said in verse 19, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. Don't you, then do, don't you think it, by the way he states his name, it's almost he's a little offended mm-hmm. in his answer. You're like, wait a minute, I am Gabriel. Yeah, but here was the key in verse 20, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because now here's here's the heart because you didn't believe my words so no matter even though mary's response seems to be similar than zachariah zachariah just didn't believe it now one is there's a lot of reasons for that uh and i think the main one is now this is just my opinion but i think it's pretty obvious even if you look at the uh conversion rate to to jesus across Christianity, I think over 40 is like 4%. And so I'm getting back on my, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to believe anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get your mind made up because you got to put yourself in his position. Him and his wife have been, pra- they had been faithful. They were considered blameless. They had done, these are, these are high character people and they had prayed. But at some point they said, you know what? God just said, no. But think about it too, Jay's Zachariah's mindset is real is as good a man as he is. He has the same mindset that Jesus kept running into. Every time Jesus would do something, they'd say, Well, now you what's the sign that we can know that you're really who you say you are? And Jesus kept saying, That was the sign. And that's almost what Gabriel was like, wait a minute, yeah. this I just told you what was gonna happen. You know, what, what right, do you mean? Exactly. How can I know this? It's a good like, point because it's like you say, well, how come Mary, you know, believed it during the well? She she experienced it, right? It's when you're talking to an angel. Here's your sign. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> we don't need another. But one. <laughs> it just shows you how stubborn people can I know, be. It's Look, exactly. I really think it's a lesson in being open minded. I mean, what my biggest takeaway from this was that I thought, you know, I'm over fifty. I need to have an open mind, really, about things that you just think, oh, you get set in your ways or you think something's a certain way. Because here's a teenager who had a different response to a same kind of encounter. So that's where we left off was in verse 21 before we get to Mary. So we got Zachariah. He comes out of the temple doing charades, which is another soap opera moment. I mean, that's hilarious. They're like, so meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered why he had stayed so long in the temple. He was talking to an angel. When he came out, he could not speak. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he 
kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. That, that's why I called that charades. Did you get it out? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought that was funny. That's pretty good. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion, which I think is kind of interesting because, I mean, do you just not own this, that you're old and you're pregnant? (laughs) They just couldn't do it. (laughs) So anyway, something beautiful is going to come out of this. But so the Lord, but you talk about a soap opera. Now we have a grandma who's pregnant. Yeah. Just just picture that. She comes out and she's like, hey, I have an announcement, family. I'm pregnant. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> and we got a and we got a husband. And he's he, doing charades. He's doing charades. He can't say anything. Can't what say happened anything. to him? I don't know. He's he only like, used hand signals. You know, he's <laughs> if you saw this, you'd say, Oh, this is they just completely made all this up. This is madness. This is, this is madness. So then the Lord said in verse 25, uh, the Lord, I mean, the Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people because she felt disgraced because she could never have a child. So we get to our next section. Hang on. Before you move on, I want to make one point. Okay. Um, because we didn't cover this, and I just, just want to touch on it. One of the things I think to your earlier point, Jess, that Luke does, remember he's writing to a Gentile audience. All the other Gospels, John the Baptist just kind of shows up because everybody knows about John the Baptist. They know his role. They know all these things. But Luke, I think, goes into such detail about his pre-birth, birth, who he was, because the Gentiles aren't going to know who John the Baptist was. They don't know. No. That, you know what I'm saying? They don't understand that. So he, when he said that about the spirit and power of Elijah, well, in the Jewish mind, that meant something very specific. But the Gentile mind, they would have had to understood what that meant. And so he's, ca- he's catching them up to speed. He's, he's catching like, them up to, to speed. Well, exactly. And I think it's even deeper than that. I was going to get into this in the next section, but a lot of it just to show how powerful God is. Right. Well, and also look how practical he, he didn't. Cause look to expect Mary to believe all this is kind of hard to, hard to ask for here and, and to endure it. So he actually, and you have somebody's got to be, uh, you know, who's going to baptize Jesus? Because that's going to happen. It, it's like the the this plot line gets gets deeper the more you analyze this. God created a family dynamic here, which I think it's a practical application to us. Mm-hmm. Because Mary didn't write that song that you referenced yep. until she visited with Elizabeth. Yeah. You're like, well, why'd she visit with Elizabeth? Because the angel like subconsciously um, recommended that. Because you just think how difficult that would be. You're a teenager. I mean, have you seen a teenager lately? And all of a sudden, an angel comes to this teenage girl, and it's like, guess what? You're going to be the mother of the Son of God. Do what? Yeah, go uh, throw all your drugs in a trash can. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just, so you have John the Baptist, who's th- this family dynamic of them being able to go through this process together. And you're like, well, why, why is that in here like this? Because anybody, that's why I said this is more realistic than you think, because it wasn't just him writing, oh, here's what happened. There was a girl 
who magically had a baby. No, it was all uh, wrapped around a family experience, a forerunner of Jesus, right. Mary, Mary having this community with Elizabeth so they could actually share. I mean, how would you even relate? You have no one to relate what you're going through with, but God provided that. And the fact that they brought that community together. Let's take another break. So, Jace, I don't know if you know this, but it's very important to take care of your liver now more than ever. I appreciate that helpful tip, Al. Yeah. What's and, next? Uh, and there are a few verses in the Bible I found about the liver. There's a few of them that are in there. So, And, and basically it says you want to look out for the liver. That's important. Uh, the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty liver were three times, three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. So obviously a fatty liver is not. How do I know that I have a fatty liver? It's a good question, Jay. So they, so you can have your blood checked and Zach and I both done this recently. Mine was for health insurance, but you know, there's or life insurance, whatever it was we were trying to get. And, um, your liver enzymes come back high. And it may not just be that. It could be other indications. But one of those could be that you have a fatty liver. So you and you can be – and, you and Jace, you can be skinny and still have a fatty liver. Yeah. Okay. So you're, well, you're not you're not, it's not just because you're fat. Because my first thought was, ooh, I'm kind of fatty everywhere, so a fatty liver makes sense. But it's not just that. It could be just that it's – Could it be a sign that maybe you're feeling pain in the liver area? Or oh yeah, that, that could be a sign. It's definitely sure. be a sign. That's kind of and the American Liver Foundation says that a hundred million Americans have fatty liver. So that's basically almost a third of everybody that you see out there. So the, obviously, a lot of people are at risk. Yeah, a lot of stuff gets thrown at the liver: cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, uh, Tylenol, cigarettes, statins. All these things are not good for the liver. They produce a sluggish. Uh, fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. And so one of our sponsors uh, is a is a company called Liver Health Formula, and uh, they have a new supplement. It's all natural. Uh, contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. I am currently taking them. Uh, I'm going to check those numbers. It's manufactured right here in the USA. Uh, it's approved by American doctors. And so they're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, transform how you look and feel. So I want you to try liver health formula. If you do it now, you're going to also receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula, which helps you reduce your sugar cravings when you order today. So try liver health formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash unashamed to get your free bonus gift. That's getliverhelp.com slash unashamed. I love that, Jace. And that's why I want to bring this up about the the idea of Elijah, because Jesus is the most prophesied um, about in the Old Testament, the Messiah. But then the second most that you would see was the forerunner. And so, I mean, I love it that Luke takes the time to build the case that while Jesus is the most important human ever born because he was also God, I would argue, and, and Jesus said, there's no one greater among men than John the Baptist. I would say he was one of the, if, if not the second most, a pretty important guy because he pointed all of Israel to who Jesus well, just was. Just think about what this family did. You know, think about what this family did. I think it should be a model of how God uses family, just ordinary families, That's right. you know, to bring about yeah. great things. But that was that was my point earlier of the how reminiscent this is of Abraham 
because this is like what's happening here with John the Baptist coming on the scene. I mean, the I, up to this point, we don't know about Jesus yet, right? We all we know about is whoever this guy is that's coming through through um, Zechariah here in in the temple. Like we're talking about on the magnitude of an Abraham. I mean, we're, we're this yeah. is what's going to happen. Like this this child that is you know your wife is is carrying. Like that, we're he's going to have such a prominent role in the kingdom. I mean, even superseding Abraham. I mean, this is. I mean, no one's greater than John the Baptist. I mean, I think that's the point here. And and, and as high as you can elevate this 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 uh, interaction here and the significance of what that is, as we're going to see in a moment, the very next section is just it blows everything out of the water. Exactly. To Bill's point, I mean, it is the power. This is a this is a a crescendo moment of the power of God coming to earth. And, and the last, and this is, and the last spoken word in the book of Malachi before all this happened for almost 400 years earlier was, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great day. He's the, the type John the Baptist, when he rolled in, love him or hate him. They all feared him. You know what I'm saying? Right. They really did. Yeah. Yeah, and we know now and why. he had no fear whatsoever. No, we know that he was he was a special vessel, and thank you, Luke, for taking the time to show us yeah. how special he really was. All right, so that I wanted to get that in before yeah. we got to So the in next. 26, uh, it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So that's where we're making the reference that, you know, Zechariah, John the Baptist's future dad, was, you seem to have the same thing happen, but a different result. And you notice that Mary, maybe, I never thought about it about her age, Jace. But for whatever reason, Mary is one of the few people in the Bible, when she encounters an angel, most of them are terrified at the sight of them. Now, she could have been, it just didn't tell it here. Although well, every the angel other, says, don't be afraid. But, 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 it's, but it yeah. says she was troubled by what he said more than what he looked like. Is what is, it seemed well, to bother her that it, he spoke highly of her. Well, <laughs> exactly. And don't, and don't, and, and, don't forget the place, though. Don't forget the place. I think this is important. That that's a good place, point I hadn't thought about. Yeah, the place where he met with Zechariah was in the temple. Think about that. I mean, this is the this is the last really important like meeting in the temple. And then when he goes to establish the Son of God, the coming of the Son of God, he does not go to the temple. Where does he go? He goes to Nazareth, Nazareth which that that was the whole point. He went to the lowliest of places. He went to the mm-hmm. he went to the place. I don't want to say any names because we could all uh, talk about <laughs> certain areas of the country or cities that like whatever the worst you can imagine. It's like he went there. He didn't go to the epicenter of the temple, which you would have thought. And man, the coming Messiah surely that I mean, it's gonna all that pro, all, that's gonna have something. To, it's got to happen somewhere in the temple, right? And yeah. that's not what happened exactly. with John the Baptist and the coming and the end of that age and John the Baptist being being the last one, the forerunner of the Messiah. That was the close of that temple. And then and then move or at least to signify that. And then, boom, there's a, something new happening. There's some kind of new 
more or Hebrew writer calls a more perfect temple or more perfect tabernacle coming. But he went just like Jesus does, went to the worst of the worst places, a place where nothing good can come from that place, Nazareth. And another thing to your point, Zach, I hadn't thought about this till you said it, was, and we'll read this at the very end with John the Baptist after he was born. You know, once this all happened and this prediction in the temple, you know where he spent all of his ministry? Out in the desert, in the middle of nowhere. Yep. He, he wasn't in the temple courts, John the that's Baptist. Why, that's why he, Luke had reminded everybody Nothing is impossible for God because there's a lot of people that would say for that to all come together and to bring children out and the son of God, if while you're at it, coming out of the wombs of these kind of people, you'd say, yeah. no, no way. That's, that's, that's asking too much. It, it helps the reader to say, uh, by the way, I know you're saying ain't no way all that could come together. Nothing is impossible for God. That's what it's all under. Well, Nothing. To your point, to your point, you you know what's more difficult as 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 difficult as it would be for an old man and an old woman to have a baby. You know it's either you more would say than impossible, that. right? Well, near impossible, near impossible, near impossible, near impossible, near impossible. unless we but figured you, out a way. You know, okay. But but you got all the anatomy parts. You got all that. You yeah. got the male, the female. You, I mean, you got the parts are there now. You know, so we, maybe there's some kind of medicine or something. Now you want to talk about like a <laughs> next level impossibility. Yeah. Next level impossibility is a is a virgin birth. Yeah. So, so it, it's interesting in the temple. He gives something crazy. Yeah, you're gonna have a kid. Yeah, I'm old. Well, I'm, I'm too old. Well, that's 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 one level of difficulty. Another level of difficulty is to say, oh, I'm a virgin. Now, now it is literally impossible. There is no possible way That's under right. any circumstance that, that a virgin correct. could 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 have a could be could be uh, impregnated. And and that, I mean that to me is the he goes to the worst of the worst places to announce. Uh, it, 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 to Jason's point at the beginning, it's such a bigger story. It's not just a story. We're talking about something here that's so big, and in this in this moment. In this this um, direction from Gabriel to Mary, we're, I mean, we're we're seeing the power of a God that nothing—I mean, absolutely nothing—is impossible for for this God. So, one of our uh, favorite new sponsors uh, is a group called Mighty Oaks Foundation Mission, and uh, we had their founder Chad Robichaud on our podcast uh, a few months back. And Jace, we've gotten to know him personally quite a bit better and his family. And just, you know, you get to know people uh, kind of in this world and you really find some fantastic human beings. And Chad Robichaud is one of those. And he's dedicated his life not only to military service, um, but also just committed to Christ, but now committed to helping um, other vets and also first responders through a lot of difficult issues. I don't think we can say enough good things about him, can we, Jason? Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's he's one guy. Every time he sends me a text, it's always something fascinating. Yeah, that's totally unselfish that he's a part of. So, and he's in the news quite a bit, which is great. He's kind of become known now as a, as a guy that can speak to a lot of what's going on in the country, and so that puts him out there, which is great. But it lets people know about. Mighty Oaks, which is even more important because that's what they're doing to help vets. Uh, they've served over 400,000 veterans, 
Um, they've had 4,500 go through their legacy program. Uh, they have uh, 350,000 books and resources uh, that they provided for the military and first responder community. So they're doing great work. There's nothing out there that's as effective as what these guys are doing. And so what we're asking you to do is consider giving to their scholarship fund. It takes about $3,500 to sponsor a warrior through the program. But Anything you give will help that process and help make it happen. So uh, they help people who are struggling with the effects of trauma. Um, they lead them to restoration, hope, and purpose. Uh, we all know how high the suicide rates are. So we want you to check them out. Donate now uh, or go to mightyoaksprograms.org slash unashamed to get more information about their programs. Mightyoaksprograms.org slash unashamed. Even the smallest amount makes a big difference in these warriors' lives. So check them out and support them. We highly support these guys. Yeah, that's why I wrapped it around the soap opera, because at first glance, you think, oh, this is crazy. The more you look at it, you're like, this is really powerful. Atheists the, the, would laugh at this. If they, they go, only ha, glanced, ha, ha. if they only glanced, but the the more you dig into this, which is why Luke had such a profound introduction, because he said this is based on the eyewitnesses. And when you start putting it all together, it actually makes sense in such a clever way, way beyond uh, the years of, of when this was written, when you think about how scholarly this is because it's now you're fixed to see a picture of the most high becoming the most low for for humanity right because because that's a uh that's a theological fact it's like if you're if you're just foolish or an idiot or you know uneducated or however you want to say it you, you can't if you try to act smart no you're never going to pull that off but you can be incredibly smart and and play dumb. Yep. You can do it. And so really that's in that line of, of uh, thought is what happens here. You know, God in showing his love becomes low because he is the most high because he has the power to make man yep. from dust, to, to create a virgin birth. I mean... But you really see Mary buy into that, buy into this as this goes on. So I'll, I'll keep reading. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, this verse 29, and wondered what kind of greeting that might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. So that's the second time the angel has said, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, which means God saves. Yahweh saves. That's what his name means. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. That's why I thought, you know, that most high is, is going to be born in one of the lowly places of the earth. And, and basically compared to who God is to come through a birth canal there was no. That's about ever, as that's about as humble as you can get. There was no parade with the with no. the, with the, the and uh, we're at was in, a, was in a stable in a barn. Yeah, 
It even became more humble because of the circumstance, you're right. And when you look at this through the soap opera eyes, you're like, what? I mean, here she's you know, in a barn, you know, pregnant. Now later, he comes riding up on the donkey, and you say, yeah. Well, All right, wait for it. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Dun, dun, dun. He's never going to die. His kingdom will never end. I think this is a valid question. If you heard all this, not only are you going to give birth to the Most High, the Son of God, he's going to reign forever. How will this be? So yeah. it, that's not a, I don't, I don't believe you. It's just, How's this gonna how happen? is it going to happen? Because I'm a virgin. That's what I took it as. Yeah, I'm a virgin. It was more of a statement of like, and I think it was more of an insinuation on when do you want me to get married? Do you want me to get married now, or you know, because she was engaged to be right. married, which is because a- the implication is she could have gotten married and gone through this process, but he's going to explain that you know as he in the well, next segment. But and I, mean, I think you realize that just because you're dating doesn't mean you're a virgin. But she just said. Hey, I'm a virgin. Just to let you, in case you didn't, in case the angel land didn't know. <laughs> I think that's. <laughs> in case they didn't tell you guys this. Uh, I'm maybe. a virgin and I know that's not possible. <laughs> so what are we, do you have a guy? I mean, cause I got a guy, but uh, he's not the guy yet. I mean, that was basically the fill in the blanks. The angel answered. I mean, of all the things that you thought he, he was going to say. Yeah, this was the shocker. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High. Dun, dun, dun. Because now Mary says, I'm going to to marry a spirit. (laughs) Yes, I'm in love with a ghost. This is like I mean, this is beyond anything Hollywood has ever conceived. The closest thing that came to this was ghost, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's why I was going to say. At the end of the day, they take all these same principles and make their little movies that's about right. it. You know. Yeah. This this was the the manuscript where it all came from. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Before you leave that word, that word overshadow, same one used to describe the cloud over the tabernacle in the glory. You know, the one that where the glory of God descended on earth, and also Jay's the cloud that enveloped the transfiguration. That's yeah, that word yeah, that's, overshadowed. That's we only yeah, have three minutes. I'm never going to get to my story. I'll have to do that in overtime. <laughs> so let me read the end of this. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child. So here's the That's breaking news right there because she probably didn't know that. In her old age. Oh, it's like a twist. Dun, dun. Then you show Elizabeth. She's over there grinning. You know, Zachariah, he's doing the motions. <laughs> he's doing the charade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, so, so I mean, this is just getting even more and more unbelievable. They're going to have a child. And, and I do think this was the hint, hint suggestion that maybe y'all should hang out. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Man, now, other a... translations I noticed on this, and I wanted to make mention of this before we move on, says uh, something to the effect of the word, uh, every word from God, uh, the word from God is always true. 
I mean, it's like a totally different translation. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Um, so, but either one's fine with me because it goes back to because this is what the Lord said. So, same principle. So, in verse 38, now here's what I love. And this is the difference in Zechariah. And what, look, you got to remember, Zechariah was uh, favored by God. He, he just got chastised a little bit where he couldn't speak. And uh, Zach, while you weren't here on those, I, I made, I think God was given husbands uh, just an overall view of your role in the birth process, especially in the first one. You need to show up and shut up. <laughs> Because <laughs> his peace did return, yeah. but we've all yeah. learned that. a lot of children, way. Zach, because that a pretty good uh, policy, Zach. Would that's you hey, that's what I call good advice. <laughs> <laughs> so 38, but look at her heart. Because really, look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something profoundly. This is what we all do when we come to Christ. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you understand the presence of Christ, she said, I am the Lord's servant. I mean, she surrendered right here. Yep. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left after. I mean, what a what a heart. I'm talking about humble. Of course, then she goes and sees Elizabeth. Which if we had translated what she said in redneck, it would have meant get her done. I just I mean, think you know, done. I think her heart was right and she surrendered. And you're not it as as crazy as this is for a teenage girl to have the spiritual maturity and humility to say, oh, because she's going to be disgraced. I mean, she knows that. And, and I thought of something else, I mean, because it doesn't talk about Joseph. And so they, he was going to dismiss her yeah, because of the public display. Yeah, the Matthew uh, account disgrace. gives yeah. his account. But then, and they never had sex, nope. you know, until Jesus was born. But I, it just told me that when you know the presence of Jesus is there, you can really make good decisions. You can do good things. <laughs> yeah. So in your dating relationship, there's your... Uh, there's the bar, and it's high. So uh, <clears throat> so we're out of time, and uh, in overtime, Chase has a story for us. Also, I thought we should name this soap opera. So I've got one, my name, and so I'll hear everybody's name for the soap opera in the overtime if you want to follow us over, blazetv.com slash unashamed. A reminder before we go, the week of May 7th, we will no longer be releasing uh, Unashamed on Sundays. That's going to move to Thursday, so it'll be Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So be looking for that on the week of May 7th. What was the name? We're going to do it in overtime. Oh, See you there. BlazeTV.com slash Unashamed. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at BlazeTV.com slash Unashamed.